0: May the peace of our Lord be with you. I am the oldest of two children. My sister Lee is three years younger than me. When I was about four years old, and she was about one, my parents signed me up for a dance class. Lee was a little young for dance at the time. One day, Mom Lee Get the appropriate attire for my dance class. Tights, shoes, a leotard. In the car on the way there, my mom said, we are going to get you a leotard. And I was aghast. Enough so that my mom, confused, said, what's wrong? To which I replied with all the shock and horror that a four-year-old can muster, why are we getting Lee a tard? I'm the one who's taking dance. (laughs) Today's gospel lesson comforts me. Maybe it's because I see myself in the oldest sibling, the one who is perhaps rightfully appalled that his younger sibling is welcomed home with a lavish party. Those words, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours, reminds us that even in our anger, God is with us. Today's gospel lesson comforts me. Maybe it's because I see myself in the younger sibling The one who comes to himself, recognizes his mistakes, and returns home. We all make mistakes. We don't always get to return to the way things were. But we do get to return home to a God who welcomes us with celebration. A God who never left us. Today's gospel lesson comforts me. Maybe it's because I see myself in the Father, the one who wants to bring peace to the family, to restore everyone to where they belong and to celebrate with them. On the days when it seems impossible to imagine every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea And all that is in them saying to the one who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. There is comfort in seeing the loving parent in this parable seek to restore the family. Today's gospel lesson comforts me. It is probably one of the most familiar stories in the Bible. Partly because we see ourselves in all the primary characters. We recognize God's grace in our lives through the parent, the older sibling, and the younger sibling. We are grateful that the story ends with each character forgiven and freed. That they all eventually wind up at the celebration. That, as Anne Lamott says, grace bats last. In short stories by Jesus, Amy Jill Levine warns that if we hear a parable and think, I really like that, or worse, fail to take any challenge, we are not listening well enough. We should be comforted by this parable, and we should be challenged. Today's gospel lesson challenges me. Maybe it's because I see myself in the older sibling, the one who is angry and confused that someone who has hurt them so badly could be welcomed so fully. It's partly because I've lived my life in the way that I was expected to live it, the way that my family and the church expected me to live it. It's the sense that, I've earned God's grace by living out these expectations, and others should have to earn it too. Today's gospel lesson challenges me. Maybe it's because I see myself in the younger sibling, the one who walks away deliberately, the one who brings grief to the family. I think it's because I deliberately walked away from the church of my youth. My own family has been supportive of my calling, but there are those in the tradition I grew up in who would frown upon the audacity of me standing here as a woman delivering this sermon. The younger son likely had his reasons for walking away from his family. I wonder if he felt them as strongly as I feel my reasons for walking away from the church of my childhood." Even with the forgiveness that God has allowed me to experience for those who could not recognize my calling, and even though I can now more fully see the good gifts that God gave me through that tradition, there were many years when I lived with an us versus them mentality. The sense that I might need grace from the very people who I think most need God's grace Is a challenge. Today's gospel lesson challenges me. Maybe it's because I see myself in the parent, the one who gives grace even when someone has wronged them or more importantly wronged someone they care about. On the days when I look around me and see the hurt and pain that others have caused, hurt and pain that they sometimes don't even recognize yet, and still feel an expectation to love them, I struggle to find the grace to love them before they have answered for their wrong. The sense that grace binds justice in the heart of the loving parent is a challenge. In her reflection on today's lesson, Lisa Gwyn Garrity says the word prodigal is commonly used to describe the son who squanders his inheritance yet this parable invites us to consider how God's grace is also prodigal extravagant lavish illogical God's grace isn't earned God's grace isn't given by human standards of who is deserving. God's grace isn't bound by our understanding of justice. Grace is also not, as Kirsten Powers says, rolling over and being a doormat. It's not a tool to excuse harmful behavior or defend the status quo. Grace doesn't demand you check your passionate beliefs or your personality at the door. Grace is the younger son coming to himself, as the scriptures say, and practicing the words that he needs to say to his father in asking to be restored. And it is the younger son not really needing those words because his father is so overcome with joy that he has returned. Grace is the father coming out to comfort the older son when he cannot grasp the forgiveness his younger brother has received. And it is the older son speaking honestly about the pain that he feels. Grace is the father loving both of his sons enough to try to restore them both. Grace is everyone belonging at the party. We see ourselves in all the characters presented here, but we often leave one out, the narrator, Jesus, fully God, fully human, standing before the crowd, telling them and telling us this parable of grace, the prodigal God who has come into our world incarnate to show us how to live out prodigal grace. The prodigal God who eats with sinners and spends time with the marginalized. The prodigal God who loves and heals and embraces without condition. The prodigal God who calls people to self-reflection, self-awareness, and repentance. The parables that precede today's parable are about the lost sheep the lost coin and they both end with the angels rejoicing over one sinner who repents our prodigal god calls us to repentance i've acknowledged here before that i did not grow up in a tradition that followed the liturgical calendar but after almost 11 years here i was surprised to learn something new about the church year this week on the liturgical calendar, today is called Terry Sunday, named such for the fir- first few words of the traditional Latin entrance for the Mass for the fourth Sunday of Lent. I know we have a few Latin nerds in the room who will not be surprised when I tell you that Terry means rejoice. So, like the third Sunday in Advent, this is a Sunday. Meant for joy. You can see that Major is wearing his pink tie underneath his robe for that reason. Lent is a season of self reflection, self awareness, and repentance. And right smack dab in the middle is this day for joy. Our prodigal God calls us to repentance so that we might rejoice. On the other side of grace. We rejoice that God is with us in the midst of our anger and that the grace we receive is far beyond that which we earn. We rejoice that we can return home to our God and that one day we will have the capacity to forgive those who have wounded us the most. We rejoice that God will one day restore all of us to a new creation, that the kingdom we pray and work for on this side will come to its fullness on the other side. We rejoice that there is space for all of us at the celebration. It is Lent, so it is a day for repentance. And it is Terry Sunday. It is a day to rejoice. Let us repent and let us rejoice. And let us believe the good news that grace belongs to our prodigal God. Amen.